Now we'll turn first of all to the psalm, Psalm 5. We'll read a couple of scriptures there. And then we'll go other places. The title of my message this morning is Why Was Mary Mary? Why was Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, Mary? Why was M-A-R-Y, Mary? <laughs> try to get that across. Why was Mary, Mary? Psalm 5, verse 11 But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. The word joy already three times, rejoice, verse 11, and then verse 11, joy, and then also again in verse 11, joyful. So there's three times in one verse the word joy. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous, with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. As with a shield thou shalt compass him. Our subject has to do with a word that's not used very much, Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. How many times have you used that that word this month, do you think? Have you used the word Mary? Well, you have this month, but what about in the summertime? <laughs> Mary. Mary. Well, notice in this scripture, our joy is joyful. In verse 11, the last part, let them also that love thy name be joyful. You notice who we're joyful in, that's in thee. Joyful in thee. And then because we put our trust in thee, the first part of verse 11, let all those that put their trust in thee Rejoice. So two times there, our joy is joyful in Thee, and we put our trust in Thee. So the object of our faith must have, there must be only one object of our faith, and that object, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who this is talking about here, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only Savior. 
You need to mark that down first. He is the only Savior. It's not Christ and the church. So you being here in church does not make any difference with God as far as your salvation is concerned. Your salvation is in Christ, in thee. It says in thee, in Christ our Lord. It's not Christ and the church. It's not Christ and your righteousness because you do not have any righteousness. So it can't be Christ and your righteousness. It's not Christ and baptism because millions of people have been baptized who in the end end up as the enemies of God. So it has nothing to do with baptism You might have it in your mind, some of you that I don't know, that if you could just be baptized, you'd be all right. No, you won't be all right if you're just baptized or if you just are in church or any of those things. It's not Christ and church tradition. Church tradition is useless. And so I'm saying to you, dear people, It is only Christ. Christ. We put our trust in Thee. That's what this says. And Thee is Christ. We put our trust in Thee. He is either all or He's nothing at all. You either have a Savior in Christ or you do not have a Savior. Because he's all in all, and he's all there is, and there is nothing else, and it's useless for you to think about anything else or anyone else, because we put our trust in thee, in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the eternal surety and the eternal king. That's who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Our trust now, we trust him. Where did we get our trust? Our trust is God-given faith. God-given faith, he gives it. You don't go get it. You don't look for it. You don't want it, really, until he comes and opens your understanding, and then you want this trust. But our trust is a god given faith saving faith the faith of God's elect is the precious gift of God's free grace to his people you know that if you know him you know that free grace comes from God to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we look to him. Our joy is joyful in thee, and we put our trust in thee, in the Lord Jesus Christ, our eternal king. Our trust is God-given. This faith is not based upon things seen, with the natural eye nor is it strengthened by anything visible 
A lot of people, or most religious people, have something visible that they look at. And so they say, that helps my faith, that helps me to worship God. No, 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 the only item of your worship is God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not based upon things seen with a natural eye, nor is it strengthened by anything visible. I fear for anyone who has a cross or some other religious trinket hanging around their neck or hanging in their automobile or hanging in their home. I, I fear for anyone who will do that. And I say to you, as your friend, I hope you don't continue to do that. If you have something hanging and that you look at and put your faith in that thing, Augustine said, Faith is to believe what you do not yet see, and the reward of faith is to see what you believe. That's the reward of faith. You see eventually what you believe as a gift from God. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't see him, do you? No, you can't see him. But one of these days, if you trust him and believe in him in this life, you will literally see him. I expect to see my Savior when I leave this life and come into the presence of God Almighty. He will show me my Savior, Christ Jesus, the one that my joy is joyful in thee. I will see him when I depart this life. And he will welcome me into a place called heaven. Heaven. Some people say they don't believe in heaven. Well, I sure do feel sorry for them. They're going to miss something awfully good, I'll tell you. I trust him and believe that the reward of my faith will be to see him whom I believe, the Spirit and the grace of God, through the Word of God, forms pictures of God and spiritual, eternal things in the hearts of God's people. And so I see Him in my heart because... The Spirit and grace of God through the Word of God, what this book says, forms pictures of God and spiritual eternal things in my heart because I'm one of God's children. We do not live in a world of mysticism and superstition. We live in a real world. To us, God is real. 
Sin is real. Christ is real. Grace is real. And our inheritance is real. And we see these invisible things by faith. And so we rejoice with our trust in Him. In Him. How could you illustrate that anyway? Well, I had a little dog when I was a boy. And I do believe that was the ugliest dog I have ever seen. But I loved him. And he was so ugly that he licked your face sideways so you wouldn't have to look at him. And that little dog belonged to me, and I fed that dog from the table. I'd just give him part of my food, and it wasn't long until my mother objected to that. You moms can understand that, can't you? So she objected, and I had to quit doing that, and so that little dog caught on that mama was the trouble. And he would watch her every move she made and when she went to another room he would sneak under the table and put his nose on my knee. And I want to tell you something. That silent, expectant faith of that dog was too much for me. And so I'd cut him off a little piece of whatever I was eating and sneak it to him under the table. Now the teaching of this story is this. That if you reach the hand of faith up to God and expect Him to supply your need, He will not fail you. You don't have to do it underhanded. He'll do it right out in the open. But He will not fail. And when you put the hand of faith out to God, you can look for it. It's coming. And so it is. We see these invisible things from God, and so we rejoice with our trust in Him. We trust Him, and so He gives us what we desire. Does that make sense to you? That's the way it is. Now, sometimes you and I will come to the place where it is impossible for us to do good as we would want to do good. And there was a missionary named Hudson Taylor.
And in the latter part of his life, he became so weak that he said, I am so weak that I cannot work. I cannot read my Bible. I can only lie still in God's arms like a little child and trust Him. Now that man of God had come to a place of physical suffering and physical inability and weakness where he could only lie still and trust. Trust. He trusted. And did you know that's all God asks of us when we grow faint? Just be still and trust Him. Lie still. Lie on your bed. He said to David on occasion, Lie on your bed. I'll supply what you need. Don't try to be strong. Just be still. Be still. God knows the way of the righteous, even though it be dark and drear. He knows when we're tired and weary, our burdens too heavy to bear. And we ask as the shadows lengthen, Lord, lift this burden of care. And often his voice replieth, My child, I placed it for you there. With grace that is all sufficient, that you might grow stronger in me. So trust, weary child, your father, he knoweth and careth for thee. I like that. I believe that's so. He knoweth and careth for thee. Why don't you just lie still? We have in Psalm 5, verse 12, the last part, it says, Thou wilt thou compass him as with a shield. You see that last part in verse 12? Thou wilt compass him as with a shield. <laughs> he shields us. He puts his shield around us. And keeps us. Now, I tell you this, Mary knew grace, didn't she? We're talking here about Mary. We get back to Mary now. Mary knew grace. So why was Mary Mary? Well, that's one of the reasons she knew grace. Luke chapter 1, verse 48. Luke 1, verse 48 For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Why? She's going to bear the Savior. She'll be the Savior's earthly mother. And all the world going to call her blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. 
I was Mary, Mary, because our low estate, look at it, he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. And so she was Mary because her low estate brought forth his grace. And that's what happened to me. I was in a low estate, and that brought forth his grace. I needed God's grace because I was low. And until you become low, you cannot be lifted by his grace. Mary was Mary because... She was in a low estate, and she knew God had something for her. Do you know that? God has something for you. He doesn't have anything for you as long as you're a big shot at a big wheel in this life. But if you get in a low estate, God has something for you in Christ Jesus. He has salvation. If you're low, you got to be low. Come on down now. Well, I, I've come down quite a bit. Yeah, but you're not down far enough. Come on down. Well, I'm, I'm down to my shoe tops now. Well, come on down. Get by those shoe tops and get right on down there in the dust where you belong. He knows your low estate. And when you get to be nothing, God will come where you are. He'll come where you are. He came where Mary was. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things. You hungry? You spiritually hungry? He'll fill you with good things. And the rich he hath sent empty away. And that made Mary, Mary to realize that he sent the rich away from him he hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy and then notice she knew she knew the covenant of grace verse 55 Luke 1 as he spake to our fathers to Abraham and to his seed forever what is that? That's the covenant of grace. That's the covenant that God made with Abraham and he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Why was Mary Mary? Because she was in on that covenant that God made with Abraham. His mercy's on them that fear him. Do you fear God? Verse 50, His mercy is on them that fear Him. 
And Mary feared God, and she was Mary because she did fear God. And until you fear God, you'll never get anything good from God. His mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Well, I'm not afraid of God, I'll tell you that. Well, you might as well just go on and forget about God then. Because you will fear him before you find out he has grace. Mary knew that, and she was Mary because she saw that God Almighty was to be feared, and she feared him. She was given fear by God. And you can come here and sit and not care about what I'm saying, but I'm going to tell you this. One of these days, you will care what I'm saying because you're going to come to the place where you fear God or you'll never know the grace of God. Hmm. Oh, my, he that is mighty hath done to me great things, she said. God has done great things, and holy is his name, and I... I love him. He hath done great things, and holy is his name. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. He is the Savior. He is God the Savior. Only God can save, and so God is in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Savior. Do you see that? Do you know that? Why was Mary Mary? Mm. Mm. Well, she had all reason to be Mary. Do you have reasons to be merry? This is that season of year where they say they use that word merry quite a bit, and it is a good, good word. It really is. I, I hated it for years because I was a Pharisee like most people are now, but I found out one day that's a good word, merry, merry. Mary speaks the praises of God with joy. And there is a time of the year when the word joy or Mary is widely used and some are a little squeamish about using it because they say it denotes a heathen holiday. But the word is perfectly good. It's a scriptural word. God knows he could use, he knows we could use some merriment in the presence of so much blah, blah, bah, hubbub. We ought to be a little bit merry, looks like, doesn't it? Let's get merry. I want to be merry. 
Mary sings here of a Savior. Verse 46, Mary said, My soul, do you realize she's singing? My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. What she's doing is singing. And she's thinking of the one who was to be born of her. He's going to be inside her body. Think of it. Be Mary, of course. He's going to come forth out of her. That ought to cause anybody to sing. He was to be born of her. No wonder she magnified the Lord. You and I magnify the Lord because He is our Savior. He borns us. Instead of being born again, He borns us, doesn't He? We're born into the family of God by faith. And so we're Mary. I'm Mary this morning. You and I were vile and sinful and hateful and enemy of God, and God chose to redeem us through His Son's blood. I don't see anything to be sad about in that, do you? Nothing to be sad about there. I'm perfectly happy and joyful, and I am merry about that. And she finishes her song here in verse 55 with that covenant that we talked about. And that covenant with Abraham was only a picture of the covenant between the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in which Christ swore he would bring us to glory and the Father swore he would give us to his Son. You see that? That's the covenant there, verse 55. He spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed. I'm the seed of Abraham, spiritual seed. Oh, my soul, you talk about Mary. Oh, oh. No wonder Mary sings and rejoices. And I fear that many come to church as if they were going to jail. You're not going to be put in jail for coming here. We need not grow wild, but a hearty amen or a hallelujah. I'd be good sometime, you know. Just say amen. <laughs> amen. You mean I have a Savior? Amen. I glory in Him. Amen. 